speak to us, to reveal to us um, everything that you have in store for us. And we open our hearts and we say, do in our lives everything the Father had in mind when he sent this word. We boldly receive the transformation and the effects of that transformation in our lives today and as we continue on from today. In Jesus' name we pray. And those who believe said amen and amen. We are on a mini-series within a bigger series um, called, called To Create. Uh, 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 the bigger series is, is, is called Our Calling, where we're exploring our calling to create. I call that called to create. But within that series, we're looking at this issue, this matter, this really excellent way called love. Because we discovered uh, that love is a force of creativity. And I really hope that you are engaging your mandate to create something in your life. Don't sleep through this season. Don't think of this next lockdown as another time for you to shut down, another time to do, for you to just add a few more pounds on, um, eat a few more. I felt like last, last lockdown, I felt like literally the government gave me authority to eat. You know, I felt like I was licensed to eat. Anybody feel that way? So I feel like this next lockdown for the next month, no, it's, it, it shall not be so. The same affliction will not arise a second time. Okay, I'm joking. You know I'm playing. But, but I'm saying, yeah, I, I said this last week, and I think it bears repeating. Please look after your mind. Uh, that, is, that is the key thing. Look after yourself. Look after your mental health. Look after the way that you think. But I want you to make a decision that as you look after your mind, you understand that the goal of a sound mind is the purpose of God. The reason we want to be in a fit place mentally the reason we want to be mentally fit is not just so we are. It is so that we can still accomplish the purpose of God. Um, and I want you to think about that and, um, and, 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 and believe God for that, that this will be that season where you will engage your mandate to create. Because whether you know it or not, you do have a mandate over your life. God forbid that you sleep through your life and not live out the fullness. It's like the fish who, 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 who just kind of stays in a bowl even when they get the opportunity to, uh, to, to maximize their potential in the ocean. There is, you know, the world that you are in right now is not the only world that exists. In fact, I do believe that the future belongs to those who are creating it right now. If I were you, I would write that down and make a t-shirt out of that. Okay? I'll say it again. The future belongs to those who are creating it right now. Okay? And so whatever you do, however you feel about what's going on, if you need to, whatever you are doing, whether you are looking after your, because sometimes in order to move forward, I'm saying this because, you know, in, in seasons like this, you can be under pressure, oh, I need, I need to have started 12 companies by now in this lockdown, or I need to have, no, that's not, the goal is not just to do stuff. The goal is to keep your mind sound so you can fulfill the purpose of God. Okay, 
Uh, and that's why I'm trying to bring this whole idea for, uh, into, 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 um, into perspective and give you something to think about. Um, because really the future belongs to those who are creating it right now. The next 10 years, I'm going to keep sounding like a broken record, but somebody, one, two, three people, hopefully all of you, um, but, but the next 10 years are going to be significant. The next 10 years, 10 years from today, there will be people who are listening to me right now who will say, I am so glad that I listened there. I am so glad that I engaged um, uh, the gift of God in me because, because it would take time for that thing to grow. Uh, it doesn't have to take 10 years, but I believe the next 10 years are significant. And so we've been looking at how, in fact, this whole year has really been about equipping you for the new. You know, the word of the Lord came to us, and I'm a pastor. I'm not a, a visiting preacher. I'm not flying by. I'm not in a hurry to impress you. I have something to deliver to you. There is a work that the Lord is doing in you. And so this year, that work has been about um, equipping you for the new, equipping you for, for the new thing that God is doing in your life. And more recently, we've been looking at love um, because we talked about how it is the it is a creative force, or even it, it, we looked at four different creative forces: faith, wisdom. Um, we looked at what's the other one? We're, we're looking at love now. We looked at faith, wisdom. Um, what's the other one? I miss one. Okay, but we looked at four different creative righteousness. That's the one: faith, righteousness, wisdom, and love as creative forces. And if you are going to create anything um, that 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 will outlast you, that will line up with the will of God for your life, then I need you to engage those forces. Make sure you understand them and you live consciously amongst them, because these are really pillars and foundations that the Lord has given us to create the new. And more recently, we've been looking at love. Because Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the very last verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul goes ahead and he describes the love of God as the most excellent way. He describes the love of God as a more superior way, much more superior than the gift of prophecy, much more superior than the gift of miracles, the gift of healing, the gift of administration. He says, yet I will, he says, we are to desire these things that I've talked about, but then in verse 31, he then says, yet I will show you a more excellent way. In John 13, 34, just make a note of it. I'm flying through these, um, and you can study them when you go home. Um, when you go home, you're already home. Um, <laughs> you can study them after, after the broadcast. Um, John, in John 13, 34 to 35, Jesus is saying that we are to love one another as he has loved us. He says that his desire is that we are known because of the love that we have for one another. Notice that the scripture doesn't even say that, that God's desire is primarily, Jesus' desire is not primarily that we are known to be miracle workers. It's not primarily that we are known to be people with the gifts of prophecy or the gifts of, of, of organization, even though we are known by those things because that is part of who we are. But Jesus specifically says that when I want the world the way that I really want the world to be able to identify you is by the love that you have for one another, your ability to operate in love. In Matthew 22, verse 39, Jesus says that there are two commandments 
which are the most important. The law of love, the law, the, 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 to, to love God and to love your neighbor. And he says that every other law depends on the operation of these two. In the New Testament, this dispensation of grace, there is only one law that God desires that we um, live our lives by. And again, it is the law of love. And this is why we've camped here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, because this love is described here in 1 Corinthians 13 in detail. Uh, and our ability to understand and operate, you know, you really understand something when you are able to live it out. You don't understand it enough if you, can, if you only have head knowledge or if you kind of generally agree with the idea there is the detail, your ability to be a surgeon doesn't depend on you recognizing that sometimes, or ju on just recognizing that sometimes you need to cut people up to do certain things. That's not enough to make you a surgeon. What makes you a surgeon is, 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 is your ability to um, have cognizance of what we're talking about, but also the ability to do it, okay? The quality um, of your life, and in fact, the legacy of our life depends on how much we are able to walk in love. I'll say that again. I believe that the quality of our lives, the way that our, our ability to understand and operate in in the love of God will determine the quality of our lives and even the legacy of our lives. It is the same with Jesus. The legacy of God on the earth is a legacy of love, is a legacy. Everything that he did is founded upon love. That's why the scripture says that our motive ought to be love in everything that we do. But if we don't understand what love is, it then becomes a chore or we settle for our own understanding of what it is. And that's not how we want to live our lives. And so today I want to speak to you about what I'm calling agape. Agape. Agape is a description of the God kind of love. When we talk about love, there are several kinds of loves. There is phileo, which is the brotherly kind of love. There is eros, which is to do with sexual love, romantic kind of love. There is storge, or however, or storge, S-T-O-R-G-E, which is the Greek word that describes family love. But then there is this particular word, agape, and, and this key word is really important for us to understand that this is the level at which we, we are called to operate. This is the level um, at which God loves you. Uh, it, is a, it, is a, it is a profound kind of love. Agape is a description of the God kind of love. It's a description of the attitude of God towards Jesus. And it's a description of the attitude of God towards us because of our faith in Jesus. That's why Jesus says, Lord, I thank you that you love them in the same way that you love me. Okay? Uh, and so we, it's not enough for, for us to just understand uh, phileo or understand brotherly love or understand family love or understand eros or understand all of these things. But the most excellent way is the agape way. 
okay? It's not just the phileo way or not just the um, eros way or not just the storge way, storge, however they pronounce that, um, but it is, it is the agape way. In 1 Corinthians 13, the description that is given there, the word love in 1 Corinthians 13 is this word agape. It is a description of the character and the nature of God. When the scripture says God is love, what the scripture is saying is God is agape. He is not phileo. You can find phileo in agape. You can find storge in agape. You can find all the other kinds of love within agape. But the fullness of the love of God cannot be limited as phileo love or eros love or any other storge love. No, it is, agape is the most accurate description of the love of God, the kind of love that God operates in. And so it is important that we understand, understand what love is. And in 1 Corinthians 13, it is a description really of that agape kind of love. It is a description of the kind of love that a perfect person gives. Okay? That's what agape is. The agape is the God kind of love because it is the kind of love from a perfect being Sometimes, to probably all because there's only one person, therefore, one person that is, able, that is agape, it is, a, it is a description of a perf love from a perfect being to oftentimes an unworthy person, someone who doesn't quite qualify to receive that kind of love. That is the kind of love that we are called to. It's not an emotional love. It's not about the emotion. It's not about an affection, even though you can feel agape. It, it, it is as described in 1 Corinthians 13. It is the patience. It is the long-suffering. It is the value that, that uh, agape places on other people. It is the kindness. It is the absence of envy. It is the absence of evil thoughts. All of this really is a description of the way that God loves us as a perfect person. And so whilst our disposition, this is why if you've been following the series, I've been putting in this disclaimer that I, I understand that in teaching about 1 Corinthians 13 and describing and in detail describing what that love means, that in some ways we are putting, putting the horse or the cart before the horse because the thing that really makes us able to, to love like it describes in 1 Corinthians 13 is when we are tied to the horse of agape. When your cart, which is your life, think of your life as the cart, when he, he, you can only experience love in that cart or your life can only walk in the, in the path of life, in the path of agape love, when it is tethered to the horse that is agape love. All right, our ability to operate, our ability to be kind, our ability to not think evil, our ability to not be envious of one another, our ability to operate all of the things that love, to, to see the best in other people, to believe the best in other people, the, our ability to do that really depends on our understanding and our receptiveness of the agape love, the God kind of love. Everything hangs on that kind of love. Let me paint a little bit of a picture 
about, about what this love, what God's love for you looks like. So I want you to switch for a moment as we, as we talk about this in, in, in the last few weeks. I've been trying to um, 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 point out to you how it is that we, you and I, ought to be loving one another. And I want you to switch today from thinking about how you love um, to thinking about how you receive the love of God. Okay, if you are with me so far, let me teach a little bit. If you're with me, give me a thumbs up in the comment section, okay? I want us to switch your mindset as I'm teaching. Um, whilst last week and the weeks before, I've been, I've been provoking you to think a little bit about how you love, okay? This week, I want you to change your mind, to switch a little bit, to start thinking about how you receive love and your capacity to receive love. Because what I am saying is your capacity to receive love is the real thing that defines the quality of love that you give. If you're with me so far, say amen. And so Romans chapter 8 here describes the kind of love that God gives. It's a profound love that we ought to learn to receive. And Romans 8 35 says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? That's agape right there. And then the, the, the writer who has experienced the love of God is saying, um, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, shall these things separate us from the love of God, from the agape of Christ? He says, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet it is in all these things we are more than conquerors. How are we more than conquerors? Through him who agaped us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, angels nor principalities, powers nor things present or things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing, just in case some of the things that you think might overpower you, overwhelm you, is not included in the first list. Paul puts a disclaimer. He says, any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, the agape, which we find in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that amazing? The love of God is so powerful, is so potent, is so strong. This is why it is the creative force we want to operate with. The love of a mother is great. The, the, love of, the love you have for your spouse is wonderful. That brotherly love is wonderful. But the only kind of love that can withstand death or life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, pestilence, the only kind of love that can keep you through all of those is the agape kind of love, is the God kind of love. It is the it is that eternal love. God's love is so perfect. That's why Paul says God's love, that, 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 that love never fails. This is why, this is why we, we, we seek out this love, to receive this love, because this love brings us the victory. The scripture says that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Yet the scripture also says that that same faith which brings you victory, only works through agape, through love. 
So the love of God is the reason for your victory. I need to let you know that there will never be a day in your life that you are, uh, th that you will be without the love of God or that the love of God, the potent, all-powerful, perfect, all-knowing, um, complete, mind-boggling kind of love that God has for us, there will never be a day that that love is not working for you. There will never be a day that pestilence shows up in your life and the love of God is not already working to turn things around. Let me tell you, before COVID came was the love of God. Before COVID showed up was the love of God. Before you got that diagnosis, the love of God was already pointing towards you. He loved you the same way that he loves Jesus. He loves you completely. He is defending you from pestilence. Let me go back to that scripture for a second. He's defending you from, you know, th there is no tribulation that you are going through. No distress, no persecution, no famine, no nakedness, no peril, no sword, no death, no life, no angel, no principality, no power, no thing present, no thing to come, no height, no depth, nothing created. Even the things that appear not to be created yet, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Because there is nothing like this love absolutely no power like this love. If I were you in your house, I'll be cheering right now because the love of God gives us complete victory. The reason I know you are victorious is that God loves you. Sometimes you don't have all the answers to how this thing is going to be resolved, but do you know what gets me through tough times? It is knowing that I am loved. I am deeply loved. I am completely forgiven. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Everything is right between me and God because of our Lord Jesus. Therefore, even when it's dark in the tomb, I know that morning will come. Even when I'm crying in the night, joy always comes in the morning because I am deeply loved, not just the kind of ordinary um, love that can fail. No, I am loved by a God who can never fail. Don't let me preach on that. He will never fail. Let me tell you, he will never fail. The love of God will cause you to prevail over everything you are facing. You better keep your head up. You are loved. You are forgiven. You are accepted. The love of God will cause you to win in this situation. The love of God will cause you to be victorious over this situation. When you fall, it is because of the potent love of God that the righteous man falls seven times, but the right but God picks them up again because the love of God will pick you up again. Hallelujah. Rejoice not over me, my enemies, for when I fall, I shall arise. How do I know? I am loved by the God who walks with us in the valley of the shadow of death. I am loved by the God who is able to speak and his word can put dry bones back together again. So I might be walking among dry bones, but yet I will not be in this despair because I am loved by a God who knows what to do in the valley of the shadow of death. I don't fear Goliath or I don't even fear the lion because I serve a God who loves me so, oh God. Hallelujah. He loves me so deeply. He loves you so deeply. This is the reason for our faith. Our faith is not in our ability to declare words. Our faith is only 
potent because we know that this is a God who loves us. He doesn't love us like your ex loves you. He doesn't love you like your father loves you. This is not storge love. He doesn't love you like your friend loves you. This is not phileo love. This is agape. It is a potent, strong, unbreakable love. This is why nothing can snatch you from the hand of God. This is why Jesus says, those that you have given me, they w- I will not lose them. Because when you are put in the hand of God, you are bound to God by agape. The thing that binds you is not the eros kind of love that a husband and a wife share. The thing that binds you is the agape love. This is why your marriage starts to take a different turn when you start to operate in agape and not just eros. Amen? And so I don't know what kind of challenge you came with today. But you need to know, you need to understand, you need to know that your, the grip of God's love is stronger. Cancer might be in your body, but the grip of God's love in you is stronger. Amen. That migraine might have persisted, but the grip of God's love over you is stronger. Hallelujah. He will not leave your soul in shield. He will not leave your soul in hell because the grip of his love is stronger. He is dragging you out of darkness every single day. The love of God demands. Listen, just like I'm preaching to you now, even with my my storge kind of love, if I hear that my child is going through something right now, even this love that is not quite the same as the love of God, this love enables me, I will leave you right now and go and fix that. Is the nature of this love, but God's love is not even, God's love is better. The scripture puts it this way, if you, if you as earthly fathers know how to give your children good gifts, if you, lo- if you are able to, you are capable of loving in such a way that if your child asks you for fish, you don't give them a snake. If your child asks you for bread, you don't give them a stone. How much more is the love of your heavenly father pointing towards you? The love of God is strong. Hallelujah, hallelujah, the love of God is potent. And my job today is to expose you to this love and remind you to open your heart to receive this love, okay? That's what, you know, it's possible to love somebody. I'll look at that later on. It's possible to love someone but not really receive. And what we're looking to do is get you to open your heart to receive this love. Second Timothy chapter 1, uh, uh, verse 7, I want to show you here that there is a need for us to respond and actively receive the love that God has for us. Because without that response of God's love towards us, you won't have the full effect. You can't experience the fullness of the love that God wants to demonstrate in your life. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says here, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul says to Timothy that the spirit of fear which he's experiencing right now is not of God. Come on, type in the comment section, fear, this fear is not of God. Okay, the spirit of fear is not of God. He says that the spirit of fear which he's experiencing, Timothy, the, the spirit of fear that you're experiencing is not of God. Because God has not, when God made you, uh, what he gave you was a spirit of love, a spirit of power, and a, spirit, and, a, and a sound mind. Timothy, if you know the story here, Timothy was holding back from ministry because he was timid and fearful 
and worried. He was a young man. He wasn't even Greek. I think he, he, he wasn't even a Jewish, a Jewish person. Um, he, he was Greek. I think he was his mother who was Jewish. And, and, and he's just feeling a little bit like an outcast. And then he's a young man who is pastoring this great metropolitan church and intimidated by those he has been called to pastor and living in fear and living Paul is in prison and he's fearing for his life in different ways. And Paul says, listen, you might have reasons in the natural to be afraid, but you need to know that what God has given you is not this spirit of fear, but a spirit of love. He has given you a spirit of love. Amen. I wonder what you're holding back from today because of fear. I wonder who it is that you need to forgive, but you're afraid of how you will look if you forgave them without their apology. Amen. I wonder, I wonder who, who, who is holding back from their spouse today because you are, you are afraid of being hurt. Uh, the career move that you're afraid of making because you are afraid of failing. The, 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 the part of that business that you are looking to reach out into, but you are worried that it's not going to work because you are afraid and you don't understand that God has not given you that spirit of fear, but instead he has given you the spirit of love. And Paul says to Timothy that that fear did not come from God. What God gave you was a spirit of love and a sound mind. Every time you catch yourself living in fear, living like a coward, because that's what Paul was telling Timothy, this spirit of cowardice is not of God. Come on, declare over yourself, no, this spirit of cowardice is not of God. I have been given the spirit of love. You have been given the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Because when God wired you, he wired you for love. Amen? He wired you for himself. So he wired you for love. Look at 1 John chapter 4. Is somebody with me this morning? 1 John chapter 4 verse 16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. It says God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. He says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Then verse 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So I said, God has wired us for love, but we have this, uh, uh, because we have received the spirit of love. And John is giving his testimony here. He's saying that as for me, John, I have known and believed the love that God has for us. Here is a challenge with the love of God. In order for the love of God to be fully effective in your life, you have got to know and believe the love that God has for you. This is the work we're trying to do here. Here is how the Amplified um, puts it. The Amplified says in verse 16, And we know, we understand, we recognize, we are conscious of, by observation and by experience, and we believe, i.e. we adhere to and put faith in and rely on the love God cherishes for us. God is love. 
and he who dwells, come on, type dwells or write in your notes, dwells. He who dwells and continues in love dwells and continues in God. And God dwells and continues in him. See, it is one thing to know that God loves you, but it's another thing to allow yourself to be loved by God. They're two different things. To hear that God loves you, all you need to do is to be listening to me now. For you to know in, to some degree that God loves you. It is, it, for you to know that God loves you is for you to just trust me a little bit um, and, 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 and believe that what I am saying is true. That is enough for you to know. But the fullness of the love of God comes when we know and believe the love that he has for us. Are you listening to me? <laughs> but in order for us to know that God loves you, really what the scripture is saying, that word know is not just academic knowledge, but is, it is to know, to recognize, to be conscious of by observation and by experience. Okay? Many of us have heard that God loves you. It's probably one of the things that we say all the time. God loves you. Standard Christian statement. God loves you. We believe academically and theologically that God loves you, but what we're looking to get to is move us from this place where we are, we are um, um, academic Christians but practical atheists. It is possible to academically believe that God loves you, but in practice, every way that we think and live our lives is saying that we don't believe, that we are unbelievers. And that is what I'm trying to get us to do, to move us from being just people who have wonderful t-shirts about the love of God. I don't know why I'm talking about t-shirts a lot today, but you know, sorry if you have a t-shirt, I, I can't see you, I'm not talking about you. Okay, <laughs> it's wonderful if we, have, if we have those things, but really where we're going is to know, to operate, to recognize, to be conscious of by observation and by experience. Even though he loves us and he has wired us to thrive in love, there needs to be a conscious decision. And the reason is not even God that made it that way. It is because we live in a fallen world that contradicts the will of God. A fallen world that is constantly presenting to you evidence that you are by yourself, that you are not loved. You have experiences that contradict the love of God. And so faith now looks like this. Faith doesn't just look like saying amen to God loves you. Faith is constantly looking for, seeking to um, reassure yourself, observing circumstances, seeking out evidence in your life, in scripture, all around you, that God loves you because on purpose you've got to feed yourself that. Are you with me so far? I think it was the year 1993. I fell in love with a girl in my secondary school. Let's not say who it was. It's not, it's not, okay. <laughs> I fell in love with this girl in secondary school. Uh, don't worry, my wife knows the story. Um, <laughs> I was so in love with her. I must have been like, how old was I? Maybe about 13, 14. Um, I was so in love with this girl. I loved her. I if you ask me, I truly loved her. Like, jeez, man. I'll be smiling in my bed. Yeah, so here is what I did. You know, like, like what we do. 
um, I wrote her a letter. I wrote her a letter expressing my love for her. And I, anybody remember letters? Anyone used to, come on, we used to write letters. We used to write. <laughs> no, <laughs> you young ones, you don't know anything about these letters. All you know is, is slide into my DMs. That's how you operate. Slide into my DMs. You, <laughs> we had letters, man. So, so, so I, sent, I sent her a, a letter, which I gave to her friend. You know the deal. So I wrote the letter. <laughs> I, I, I wrote the letter and gave it to her friend to give to her. Okay? So guess what happens? The, girl, the letter got to her. The girl reads the letter writes, uh, sends a response through her friend to me that she accepts. So here I was, I have got a girlfriend that I've never really spoken to in detail. So, <laughs> so the next three weeks we're, we're, we're heaven on earth. Forget the fact that we couldn't even look each other in the eye for, <laughs> for that three weeks, which is... The fact that, how are you? Fine. How was your day? Good. <laughs> I didn't care. I was in love. <laughs> but I say it only lasted three weeks because guess what happened? I got another letter. This time, the letter came from her through her another friend. And all, I don't even remember the detail. I just knew that that love ended. That, that I was dumb. Somehow, <laughs> somehow, that love ended just right like that. But guess what? This is the way I like to think about it. She never got to understand, recognize by observation and experience the love that Cheeto had for her. That's deep, isn't it? Okay, because those three, those three weeks, in those three weeks, we, I couldn't even look her in the eye. I couldn't really express myself to her. We could have conversations, but it was, it was that kind of, it, there was just not enough experience to be able to express love or even for her to know that I genuinely, do you see what I mean? Uh, because it is possible for someone to love you, but never really, you never really, for one reason or the other, you don't have the, re the ability to receive that love. Are you with me so far? Praise God. And, and that's what we want to do. It is possible for you, for, for, for someone to love you. It is possible for you to have, to, to have a declaration of love in God's scripture. That's what God has done. He has written you a love letter describing in detail how he loves you. But that in itself is not evidence that you have received the love. Or have experienced the love. And that, that's, what we, that's what we want to do to know and believe. Is to learn how to experience that love. Are you still with me? The other are laughing at me. You all know you have your stories. You know, some of you, you know, let's not talk about how you got dumped. But I got dumped by a letter. Got dumped by a letter. It was, um, yeah, interesting. Uh, 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 but, but, but if you're with me, say amen. Um, praise God. Because I was... I was <laughs> <laughs> uh, your, your comments are making me laugh. Um, I, I, as I was researching this, I, I, you would have heard of, and I've said this before, I've, I've talked about, and I, I really recommend that you check her out, this amazing um, 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 researcher, Dr. Caroline Leaf, who explains, who explains in detail how our, our mind works. Um, she's been researching uh, brain, the brain and our mind. Uh, uh, check it out. But, but she explains that thoughts and, uh, are, are 
physical things and our brains. In fact, human beings, we thrive as we receive the love of God. You know, if, in fact, even without going that deep, you know, if you bring two children and bring them up in a home and one of them has been hearing negative words that are not about the love of God, they don't, uh, uh, that are not loving, they can't thrive to the degree that the other one who is receiving affirmation and receiving the love of God on a constant basis, the love of God is being, the love, love is being thrown at them, breaking down barriers to get into them. Um, um, it's different when that person is receiving that, that love because that person grows and becomes more, okay? They develop because we are wired for love. We, we literally are, you're, you're, you, you know, she, she talks about how as we listen to, as we listen to um, you know, thoughts are actual protein strands in your brain, uh, and as you hear thoughts, if you hear, as you hear words that describe the thoughts of God, the loving thoughts of God towards you, literally new strands of protein are created. Healthy strands of protein are created because we are wired for love. We are wired to hear, to receive the love that God has for you. Someone type in the comment section, God loves me. Amen. Look at what he says in verse 18. Are we still in John? Verse 18, he says, there is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. I'm reading from the Amplified, the classic version, the classic edition of the Amplified Bible. He says, dread does not exist, but full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of the door and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love or is not grown into the love, into love's complete perfection. See, we don't want to live in terror and in fear, but we spend all of our time meditating on the things that bring them. In, you know, as we were reading, as we were reading 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm going to, I'm going to leave it here, and next week I'm going to start talking, I'm going to talk about how to be loved. If, if you came to be pastor, you're going to have a filled, filled time with me. You're going to be blessed. Amen. If you came to be entertained, you might. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. But, but, but look at this. Um, so, so we'll pick this up next week because I'm just going to lay this out. We are raising kings on purpose. Okay. Uh, uh, so, so here is what the scripture is saying. He's saying that love casts away fear. You know, when we were reading 1 Corinthians 13, I, I believe, because I find this to be true, I believe that when I'm teaching, when I'm, when, when I'm teaching the word, I almost feel it's a weird thing, and I'm sure that those who have ever, you know, operated in, the, in this gift um, of teaching or, or, or even the word of knowledge will recognize what I'm saying. Um, or in fact, anybody, really, you, you can sense thoughts, okay? So when I'm preaching, I, no lie, I can often hear what people are asking, okay? Before it comes up, it, usually I can hear what people are asking, because, you know, the Spirit of God is speaking to you, and he speaks to you in the speed of light. So as I'm preaching, I can hear you wondering, but what about, but what about, but what about, so we're talking about the first Corinthians love that was really ringing all over. If you watch that message, I was trying to drag myself back all the time because I, to stop myself from answering these questions. But the reality is when first Corinthians says, when first Corinthians says that love is kind or love does not envy or love, um, um, or love, what, what does it say? It, it, it gives the advantage or love puts the other person first. You know what? The, the only hindrance to us living out that love is fear. 
is fear about what will happen if, I, if I'm kind to them but they're unkind to me. What will happen if I forgive them but they don't say sorry? What will happen if, you know, are you trying to say that I should not worry about them, what they do to me, but I should put them first? Are you and we're having all of these questions. The root issue, if you ever had any one of those questions, let me answer it to you in this one answer right now. The key issue is what you are afraid will happen if you really love. Many people have never experienced, look at me, look, hey, hey, don't go get a cup of tea now. You want to you hear this. Many people have never experienced real love because they have never given real love. Fear is a barrier to receiving the love of God. Okay, to, to or, or even dispensing the love of God. But here is what, what, what God says, what that scripture says. It says that, that, that the love of God casts out fear. If you read the, the if you read, read that word cast or what it means to expel, the Amplified says the love of God expels fear. If you, are, if you had one of those questions, I want to close with this. If you had one of those questions when the Bible says love is kind, okay, but you are worried about being kind to this unkind person because you are worried that they will be unkind to you even when you are kind to them. And so your answer is, I'm not going to be kind to them, so I don't need to worry about them being unkind to me. I'm not going to value them until they value me. I'm not going to forgive them until they forgive me. It is because you are afraid. All you need to do, and it's okay, all you need to do is receive the love of God. When you receive the agape love of God that casts out all fear, what that love does, it removes the need to be afraid of you protecting yourself. Let me put it in this way. The thing that has made a difference in my ability to love my wife, and I'm learning, okay, or not just even my wife, my ability to pastor, to love people, has been when I have been able to get rid of the fear that what I am giving will not be reciprocated. If you can, you will begin to operate on a different level of love when you reach the place where you are no longer afraid that if you put them first, if you overlook an offense, if you see the best in them, that's the, a tough one. If you choose not to think evil of them, that somehow if you, if you can deal with that fear of what will happen if I see the best in this person who is evidently evil, what will happen? We are afraid that, they, that the evil <laughs> that they are will be more impactful, will have a, a huge impact on our lives. But when, when I receive the love of God that God has for me, the reason I can love my wife or love the church or love people and, and I, I have been set free of being afraid of what happens if I bring this person close and love them and then they do something that hurts me because I receive the love of God. Are you, and what does that love do? The love casts out all fear. Here is the truth. There is nothing you go through. This is the reason we can afford to love. It is because we love. We have been loved. Hear me. 
The only reason you and I can afford to love, if you haven't received the love of God, that fear is genuine, that fear is authentic, that fear has a legitimate place. But if you want to operate on a different level, the work is not to find your a way to stop loving. The work that needs to be done is to find a way to receive the love of God. So if I'm afraid that if I overlook this offense, my wife offends me, or my child offends me, and, and the scripture says if I'm going to be loving, I have to uh, be able to overlook on, on the offense of the one that loves me, or of the one that I say that I love, my fear is, well, who's going to correct this? My fear is, what if they do it again? My fear is, this is going to continue forever. I better fix this. Sorry, the Lord takes long. Anybody know that the, sometimes the Lord just takes long to fix stuff? <laughs> Come on, anybody know? <laughs> sometimes it just feels like, no, Lord, no, no. That's why he says, if they slap you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. We don't have time to find out whether or not he will slap him back. That's, what, that, that's why we don't like that, 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 that instruction. I don't have time to, I, I, I read, Lord, don't worry about this one. I know what to do. So let me just do it. That's what we want to do. But th the reality is when we receive the love of God, the love of God equips us to be able to be patient even when you are slapped, knowing that he is a God of justice. Does that make sense? Knowing that I don't have to be in control of everything. If I have a disagreement with my wife, I can let it go without feeling like I need to put my foot down and it's just, you know, you don't need to do any of that. You can afford to be kind. You can afford to be patient. You can afford, because God, there is a, thir a first person in this thing and he equips you. He makes up the difference. Are you guys listening to me today? Next week, I'm going to talk about how to be loved, okay? How to be loved. So, talking about how you receive the love of God. So, next week, I'm going to talk about how do we, how do we let ourselves be loved, and we'll build on that. How many people think that's a good thing to know, okay? Praise God. <laughs> Someone says I was in their house today. No, I wasn't. I'm, I'm, I'm at the Clayton Crown Hotel. I'm joking. I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. But, but, but we're going to receive the love of God. I'm praying for every single one who's listening to me right now that you will know, you will accept, you will recognize, you will, be, you, will, you will receive the love that God has for you. This is the work that we have as a believer. The scripture talks about how we enter into rest. That place of rest that the scripture talks about a lot, it comes from this place of love. You can only really rest in a place where you are loved. I'll say it again. You can only really rest in a place where you are loved. You can't rest in God until you receive his love. Okay? And I'm praying today that the Lord will give you such wisdom, such insight. He will release the grace. He will shed abroad his love that your consciousness will be open again to see how much he loves you. And rest is your portion in this season to the glory of our Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for hearing Thank you for relationships that have taken a turn. I see the Lord healing hearts. I see long-standing bitterness being turned around in a moment. I see, on, I see you being equipped to, be, to forgive. Um, I see that. I see the Lord equipping you to forgive. What they did was terrible. What they did was not good at all. But the Lord is going to set you free. 
as you just receive his unchanging, powerful love. And as you receive that, he will set you free from the grip of the person who hurt you. He will set you free from that memory. Some of you are about to turn things around because where you've been waiting for them to recognize their wrong, he's going to equip you. Hallelujah. Lord, I receive that. We receive that now. I give you all the glory. Thank you. Thank you. Our lives are marked by your love. Our lives are marked by your love. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And those who believe said, Amen.